Welcome back to uh, episode episode uh, five. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Episode five of uh, questions like this, and uh, yeah, this week we're going to be talking about: Are there any good uh, video game movies, and uh, why uh, Hollywood? won't stop making video game movies despite the fact that on average they tend to score single digits with uh critics and fans so um this this probably will be a bit <coughs> longer than usual so uh let's just get right into it yeah definitely uh once again i'm alex uh, currently uh Gorging on some Taco Bell right now, broadcasting out of uh, New York City. Yeah, and this is Aristo. Um, I just woke up. So, yeah, <laughs> we're doing this. Uh, episode 5, people. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Or insert your own uh, subtitle right here. Uh, what, um, what other movie uh, franchise has at least five installments and is like, Oh, tons. Yeah. Tons. You got the, the Harry Potter oh, franchise. Yeah. Um, and the Phoenix. Goblet of Fire. Oh, no. Yeah. That's Order the, of the Phoenix. Uh, you have the, the James Bond series, which I guess you could call this one Thunderball because that was technically the fifth one. In the No, I'm sorry. I tell a lie. You can call this one uh, You Only Live Twice because that was the fifth one in the Bond franchise. I, I do like You Only Live Twice. <laughs> uh, it's all right. Uh, I have uh, some problems with it, but that's another... It's not my another... favorite Bond movie, but it's, um, it's still Sean Connery, so it, I like it's it. It's still Sean Connery, who apparently uh, today is his birthday. It is. Oh, man. Well, I guess it's a happy birthday to Sir Sean. Yeah, yes. Who are, hopefully is enjoying life right now with inside his giant mansion in the Bahamas. Who's uh, enjoying retirement life. Yes. Because no matter how many times people come to him with scripts, he always turns them down. And he's currently 87 today, so I don't blame the guy. Yeah, but um, <laughs> we'll always have Zardos. We'll always have Zardoz. We'll always have uh, Highlander. We'll always have uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which uh, <laughs> possibly was the movie that made him quit. I think it was the movie that made him quit. But and anyway, we're, we're getting off track right here. That's another <laughs> story. That's another uh, topic for another day. We'll definitely go in full detail about uh, Sean Connery, absolutely, his, and his career. But for now. <laughs> For now, as Aristo mentioned at the top of the episode, we're talking about uh, video game uh, movie adaptations of video games and why they're so goddamn awful. I mean, I'm kind of generalizing right here, but of all the video game movies I've ever seen, you could really classify them into two uh, different categories. One is just god awful; you don't ever have to watch it. And two is a guilty pleasure-ish sort of uh, sort of movie. 
And we'll get into detail of that as the episode goes on. Yeah, it it really is an either or with uh, video game movies. So it's it's either going to be so bad it's good or just so bad it's terrible. And speaking of so bad it's terrible, the first real movie adaptation of a video game that I can think of was in 1993 with the Super Mario Brothers movie. I guess it's uh, released at the height of uh, Nintendo's, you know, early fame. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's actually got a, got some uh, good people in it. Uh, Bob Hoskins, Dennis Hopper, of course, and John, uh, Le- John Leguizamo. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> as you... Uh, fellow children of the 90s uh, probably remember when uh, when you got the tape from uh, Blockbuster. This movie was something else when it came to uh, being um, both shitty and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically Nintendo was high on its own power back then. Yeah, like you just said, it was at the height of their uh, fame. It was also at the height of their uh, their rivalry with uh, with Sega. So in an effort to be new and innovative, they said, you know, let's take our most popular property and turn it into a movie. Like, we can't lose. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's... Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, at this point in time... Uh, video games had very little story or even if they did it was mostly poorly translated from Japanese so mm-hmm. whatever plot and uh, I guess development they had um, for this movie was just like written straight out of someone's ass basically pretty much because when you think you know the Super Mario games you think you know bright, beautiful colors set in these, uh, set in forests or hills or galaxies or uh, sweeping uh, cavernous uh, uh, castles. But uh, no, they made the, uh, the wise decision to set it in a, a future dystopia that looked like it was shit out of the movie Blade Runner. Yeah, this is like somebody... Um... I don't know, like put Blade Runner and if you remember the TV show Dinosaurs and put them in a blender, you basically got uh, the setting for uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. That's right, because the setting itself, now that I think about it, the setting itself is actually called Dino Hatton. Hell yeah. It's it's the laziest, um, I don't know, of of New York ever. Oh, absolutely. And if you go back and watch it, it's it's something else. You've got Dennis Hopper, may he rest in peace, um, basically playing uh, King Koopa as Donald Trump in a way. I think that's what he was going for at the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, from what I remember, even kind of look like Donald Trump or at least like you know mimicked him <laughs> yeah yeah and 
you've got Bob Hoskins essentially doing his uh, Eddie Valiant shtick from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Which done, which done the second time around is not really so much exciting, more as it is sad and makes you wish you were watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit instead. Oh yeah. Uh, um man and John Leguizamo as Luigi where do I even begin with this basically uh Mario brother like the Mario video games you can you can understand it's kind of like a Staten Island plumbers like uh mushroom odyssey so like yeah it's but for whatever reason, they they literally made Mario and Luigi uh, Italian American plumbers. Um, I believe in this instance they're from Brooklyn. But uh, there is this um, unnecessary explanation of why they're called the Mario Brothers, and um, oh god, as you expect, um, they are called. Mario Mario and Luigi Mario and I think for a good minute and a half they they riffed on that bit they did it's like oh god that is such lazy screenwriting right there like really you couldn't pick any generic uh, Italian uh, last name you just had to go with the Mario Mario and Luigi Mario yeah I mean I probably would uh respect the, the 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 script writing more if if it was like Mario Fuckdiliachi or uh, Luigi Gabagool. Oh my god. <laughs> um and yet it's weird because they are called the Mario Brothers and they run a business called Mario Brothers Plumbing but they're portrayed as father and son. Yeah, it's uh I don't know, that's that was like a really weird part where it's like Mario really does uh, act like uh, Leguizamo's Luigi is kind of like Junior in, in a lot yeah. of ways. So if that's the case, why not? Why not? Instead of calling him Luigi, why not call him, call him Mario Mario Junior? Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I think we've, we've put more thought into this than uh, whoever was. Let me let me right check. Again. Is written. It was written by three people. So wow. Oh, lovely. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> um, but even they knew. Even Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo knew that this movie was gonna bomb. So when they showed up to the set, they showed up completely plastered out of their minds, and basically just phoned it in for the entire shoot. They knew this movie was going to bomb. Hell yeah. That's that's the only way to uh, participate in uh, making such stinkers. Absolutely. And by John Leguizamo's own account, he was drinking drinking every day. He was doing coke every week. And... He basically did everything he could to get through the shoot. And it's amazing because this movie actually almost killed Bob Hoskins by his own, by his own account. 
he was stabbed four times, electrocuted, uh, broke a finger, and nearly drowned. <laughs> oh god! There, there you go. Um, making shitty movies can kill, literally. Yes, and once once Nintendo saw the uh, actually once they saw the dailies. They're just like, nope, 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 we can't have this. We're never going to get into another movie ever again. So anyway, um, you got, we got these two plumbers, and then um, Princess Daisy is, uh, I think she's a student somewhere, and she's like doing an archaeological dig under the Brooklyn Bridge, which, I don't know, I guess they're allowed to do that. But anyway, they, they, they discovered some uh, dinosaur bones down there. And uh, as it happens, um, and you can probably ask your local uh, paleontologist, uh, you get you get sucked into to an interdimensional uh, portal, uh, which is uh, conveniently located in the dig site, and um, they uh, they make their way to uh, Dino Hatton, where. Uh, Apparently the dinosaurs didn't die out and um, the T-Rex turns out to be like a weird mix of like uh, Donald Trump and uh, pretty much any industrialist you you, you, you want to think of. Yeah, and they got literally everything wrong. It's like the writers and the directors never actually saw or played a Super Mario Brothers game. And they just said, like, you know, eh, fuck it. We'll just come up with something that kind of resembles what the video game does. Yeah, which uh, even then is not at all <laughs> like the video game. No, not, not <laughs> even close. Um, the, the, the Goombas, they have, like, shrunken heads for some reason. Um, Toad is, like, this singing hobo. Um... <laughs> What else? Uh... Oh, and there's no Princess Peach. It's uh, Princess Daisy and uh, Luigi that has kind of like the romance element. Well, yeah, that would make more sense than <laughs> uh, Mario and Daisy having the romance. No, yeah, but um, <clears throat> Mario games, it's usually Mario and Peach. Always. Always. They, did, they didn't even do the, you know, oh, thank you, Mario, but our princess is in another castle bullshit. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but yeah, Toad the Singing Hobo. That was great. Some indie band needs to claim that name right now because that sounds like a pretty good name for an indie band. Yeah. Maybe that was a joke in Scott Pilgrim. Maybe. Uh but yeah, the the Goombas, man, God. <laughs> I don't I don't know how you can get it like so wrong, you know. Right. It's, uh... <laughs> I mean, it couldn't be any simpler than just like try to create um, either practical effects of whatever, basically just like giant heads and legs. Mm-hmm. But no, they went with the reverse. It's um, you. Basically, big fat um, dinosaur people with uh, pinheads. Right. <laughs> so uh, that's an example of how not to make 
a video game movie. And unfortunately, Hollywood has not learned its lesson ever since. Yeah, it. Um, they seem to uh, continually ignore the source material and just uh, come up with... Uh, Come up with uh, shit on their own and and slap a name on it, which, uh, well, okay, let's uh, let's move on to Street Fighter, uh, yes. 1994 classic, uh, yes, which is on the other uh, side of the coin with uh, video game adaptations, where it's actually, you know, it, it it's bad, but it kind of. It kind of comes around to being uh, having its own uh, charm and quality. Absolutely, starring a uh, uh, Belgian Belgium's uh, American soldier Jean Claude Van Damme as Guile. Yeah, the most uh, Wallonian, uh, Frisian, um, you know, uh, <laughs> the most. Uh, yeah, basically, the most Belgian uh, colonel in the American military. That's right. There, there's that one scene where like he's giving a, that big rousing speech to his troops, and you can just hear the accent coming out, and you just can't help. But I, I can't help to think that some of the extras like cracked up when they heard this. It's like, like when he says, like you know, and I'm going to kick. That M. Bison's ass so hard, or something along the lines of that. <laughs> yeah, um, but I th- I think the extras were just too afraid of the muscles from Brussels. So, right. Well, at least he did Time Cop that year, so he, he redeemed did. himself. Um, <laughs> uh, time Cop. Yeah, but by far the saving grace of Street Fighter is Raul Julia as M. Bison. Which is um, 100% probably the only reason why uh, people remember this movie. Definitely. And also, unfortunately, it was the last movie he ever did. Yeah, he was uh, he was fighting um, I think it was stomach cancer at this point in his life. And, mm-hmm. uh, but he did it for the kids. He did it for the he kids. Did. So uh, he knew his he knew his kids were big fans of uh, of Street Fighter. So he said, like you know, you know what, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna ham it up to the fullest extent. So uh, with the Super Mario Brothers, um, one approach is that you can just like not give a shit and show up drunk or like uh, completely, uh, you know, shit faced on set. But the other the other approach is to just go and give your hundred and ten percent. And if you watch any clip from this movie with uh, Raúl Julia, you know he's he 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 like went in. <laughs> that he did. That he did. That that one scene in particular, I absolutely. Love when he's talking to a uh, to Chun Li, and she describes in in great detail how uh, Bison long ago came and 
uh, totally uh, wrecked her uh, village and destroyed everyone there. And then Bison says that great line. He said, for you, the day Bison came to your hometown was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Yeah, that's... Um... I think if uh, America AFI did like a, another like hundred years hundred quotes uh, supercut, um, it's got to be in there somewhere. Absolutely, <laughs> it, it has to be. The, the line itself is epic. It's what makes the movie. Yeah, you know, it's just um, such conviction. That's uh, basically it. Exactly. Exactly. Like here's a man that here's a man who knew he was dying, who knew this was going to be his last movie, and he said, "I'm going to make it my greatest performance ever." Yeah. Um, you know, let let's get into the plot a little bit. I mean, what whatever excuse plot they have. Um, anyway, I guess. Um, um, Street Fighter games at this point in time, uh, they really didn't have much, uh, much in terms of plot. It's uh, it's a fighting game. Plot doesn't matter. It's like porn. But uh, <laughs> eventually, the franchise does have like its own, like series of comic books and uh, whatever. Uh, mostly published in Japan because. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, uh, fighting games. Most people care about uh, mechanics, not really the storyline. But um, yeah, anyway, one thing that the studio changed is, well, like we said, um, Guile is the main character instead of uh, Ken and Ryu. So Mm -hmm. we are following the adventures of Colonel Guile and his fight against... uh, M. Bison. That's right. Although with... uh, Gotta say that uh, they did have a lot of the people you expect would uh, be in a Street Fighter movie. Like there's Chun-Li, there's Ken, there's uh, Cammy. Played by by Kylie Minogue, Cammy. Yeah. Uh, Dalsim, yes. Um, uh, another reason to watch uh, this film, uh, Kylie Minogue is Cammy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Um, and it's 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 you know your same generic plot. It's it's Guile, you know, going up against Bison and his army, and ultimately he comes out the victor. You know, like you said, not really much of a, a plot or a thinly veiled excuse for a plot. In a in like a weird circular way, this movie also has its own uh, video game adaptation, which um, I guess if we ever do like a episode just on like vid- strictly video games, uh, there's the reverse problem of like games based on movies generally suck as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like we said, uh, even though uh, the movie's poorly stitched together collection of uh, fight sequences, and it uh, it has some value. It does. 
And speaking of a, speaking of a video game adaptation with poorly stitched together fight sequences, Mortal Kombat. Yes. Which came out, which came out the very next year and is also on the guilty pleasure list of films. I think um, at this point in time, it's probably the more successful uh, adaptations. That I that it is that I believe it is. It made back its money and turned like a twenty million dollar profit when it first came out under the direction of Mr. Paul W. S. Anderson, who most people know from the Resident Evil film franchise. Like the basic plot of Mortal Kombat is, uh, like you know, this guy named uh, Shang Tsung, he uh, holds a tournament every year and gathers uh, the best fighters in the world to compete against one another on this place called uh, uh, Outworld. And... I think I think the plot stipulates that uh, whoever wins uh, ten battles, like ten battles of Mortal Kombat, gets control of Earth Realm, and Shang Tsung and company have won the previous nine. Yes, um, I mean that sounds pretty much right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for those that are like fans of. Of Mortal Kombat, be honest, you never really cared much for the story. You just wanted to try and perform as many fatalities as you could. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. That's uh, that's pretty much the selling point of Mortal Kombat, is just uh, the most like violent shit for, for like a 13-year-old. That's right. And unfortunately, in the movie version... There was no violence. It was rated PG thirteen. It's uh, it's really detrimental to to both the franchise and just like the fight scenes in general. Right. Exactly. I mean, here you have a movie based on the most violent video game at the time, and you don't even have any like hardcore violence in it. Like, what gives? I did enjoy a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the performances. I loved the the guy who played the uh, Shang Tsung, uh, Carrie uh, Tagawa. Yeah, Carrie <laughs> Tagawa. Yes, who like uh, Raul Julia Zen Bison, like really hammed it up for this performance. Like he did the obligatory lines from the uh, from the game, like the whole like you know your soul is mine. Like, yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, and we can't forget about uh, uh, Christopher Christopher Lambert. Lambert. Uh, yeah, as Raiden, uh, <laughs> the Highlander himself. That's right. That's right. Who? When I go back and watch the movie, it honestly looks honestly sounds like he smoked about five packs of cigarettes before uh, before they started shooting. It sounds about right. Um, he he was going for that, um, like super deep voice, a super uh, 
I don't know. Super, super like gargling rocks is, I guess. The that, no, that, that's, that's the perfect way to describe it. Like super gargling rocks voice. <laughs> Which is also now the, the Vin Diesel voice, although in a much, uh, yeah. much more, much deeper, much deeper, deeper and uh, subdued volume. <laughs> and by subdued, we mean uh, you can barely understand him. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to our uh, our last episode. Yeah. So, Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, it does manage to have pretty much every character from uh, the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. Reptile. Uh, with, uh, with some, uh, I guess it's pretty good for the time, computer effects. Uh, actually no no because this came out in 95 jurassic park came out two years before oh yeah that's right and the cgi for that was phenomenal this is like something like a freshman in high school would make which uh probably was the guy who was doing the effects (laughs) on this movie probably and uh, yeah, Katana's here, Scorpion, Johnny Cage, Sonya Blade, Sub Zero, Sub Zero, uh, Kano, and uh, e- even Goro. Goro is there. Goro was definitely there. But yeah, and it did so well, it actually did make a lot of money that they said, hmm, you know what the best idea would be for this? A sequel. Yeah, and uh, the other question they asked is, can we do this on an even lower budget? That's right. For those that don't, for those that don't know, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the sequel. Do not watch this. Seriously, just do not watch this. It's um, incredible, in in the sense that. Somehow this was made, uh, edited, and released. Yeah, like the the director and the head of editing just looked at it and said, yeah, that's good. Come on, let's get our paycheck and hit the bar. Basically. Um, So yeah, Paul Paul Anderson does not return for this. And... uh, Neither do a lot of the cast. Neither neither do a lot of the cast. Um... I think Luke Kang's the same, but he yeah, is. Luke almost Kang. Uh, almost everyone's been recast, <laughs> including uh, James Ramar as uh, Raiden, and uh, <laughs> I, I somehow remember them trying to hide that Raiden was recast as best as possible. <laughs> right, <laughs> but it's like. It's like, it's only two years apart. We can spot the difference between Christopher Lambert and James Remar. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. The only only people that returned were uh, uh, Robin Shu, who played Liu Kang, Mm -hmm. and uh, Talisa Soto, who played uh, Kitana. It has uh, even more groundbreaking uh, CGI, which is groundbreaking in in the... worst possible way um yeah i think you can actually see the 
you know like in the in like old cheap like 40s cartoons where you can obviously see which parts of the background is going to be interacted <laughs> because the colors are different yeah yeah uh that that you can see that all over the place in this movie <laughs> oh no this movie is superman 4 levels of bad yeah oh man uh, but but the one good thing that one good thing that the Mortal Kombat movie franchise gave us that kick-ass theme. Yes, which is probably played in at some point in every single frat house across America. Probably in a party at least once. Uh, yeah. At any given weekend. Or at any uh, laser tag uh, place in the country. True. Um, I remember going to Laser Quest and <laughs> hearing this shit when it's just down to like one person on each team. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and for some reason throughout the the 90s and the 2000s, they continued to keep making all these uh, shitty uh, movie adaptations of video games. Like they made a a double dragon one. They made a wing commander one. They made a, what else did they make? Um, well, eventually they made tomb Raider. Oh yes, of course. How could we forget tomb Raider? <laughs> eventually they made a tomb Raider and uh, resident evil. Mm-hmm. And so those were uh, early two thousands classics. That's right. That's right. Hey, give credit to both the first Tomb Raider and the first Resident Evil. They actually made a lot of money. They did. Um, I think. I think uh, Tomb Raider made uh, s- somewhere to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh huh. And um, yeah, and and Resident Evil, I think around a hundred million or somewhere, somewhere in that neighborhood. Right. Absolutely. But in between all this, um, and this is a point we, we were meant to bring up earlier, in between all this, they there have been movies that have been made just about video games in general. Not adapted from a specific video game, but just about video games in general. Yeah, these like... Uh... These uh, video game esque movies, actually, they kind of um, started before uh, video game adaptations proper uh, were made. Um, if you, you know, I guess, uh, I mean, the original Tron was uh, about a video game, and uh, War Games involves uh, computer uh, computer games. And uh, my favorite, at least from the the uh, video game esque genre of films, is actually it's a uh, it's Cloak and Dagger. It's a uh, it's a story of a young boy who gets uh, wrapped up in uh, international intrigue when he receives uh, secret plans in the form of a video game. And he starts uh, imagining the main character, uh, who looks a lot like his dad. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a it's an eighties movie, folks. Because uh, of course it is. Nothing matters. Just uh, looks cool. That's 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 eighties maxim. Pretty much. And speaking of eighties maxims, another film that came out, one of my personal favorites around that time, has to be The Wizard. Oh hell yes. <laughs> starring uh fred savage starring the one and only fred savage yes in which <laughs> they discover fred savage discovers that his brother is a, a video game uh, savant if you will and they go out to uh, universal studios in california to uh, participate in this uh, gigantic tournament. Yes. And, uh, yeah, um, there's, I don't, I forgot who who actually played, like, the quote-unquote cool video gamer kid. But, oh, um, the guy who played Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> Lucas Barton, which is such a piece of shit name. <laughs> oh my god! It even he even looks like a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, he's. I guess um, he he kind of looks like what a forty-year-old exec's uh, imaginary ten-year-old's idea of what a cool kid is supposed to be. And yeah. uh, he plays uh, video games with. Just about the stupidest accessory ever, and it was actually a real thing called the Power Glove. I love the Power Glove. Uh, it's so, so bad. bad. <laughs> You're right, Lucas. It was. It, it was, it, such a, it piece was a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. But, yeah, they really don't make a lot of uh, movies like that. Nowadays, I feel like the only one I can think of now would be uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, uh, which is, I feel like that's, that's, you know, I kind of want to digress a bit here. And I kind of want to analyze why it is that like these video game-esque movies, uh, at least you know, Scott Pilgrim kind of ended up being better than uh, a lot of the video game adaptations. I guess it's because, like, with video games, there's an element of interactivity, right? And, and like, you're, you're, you're playing it because it's, you know, it's, it's something you play. It's, it's fun. And uh, your interaction and uh, your input is, is what makes the video game either fun or frustrating. And some people like frustrating video games. So... At this point in time as well, games didn't really have a lot of like sophisticated stories, like we said. So what little there was that was translated to screen or whatever shit that they shot out, it kind of, um, you know, it, it didn't work. So uh, the, the movies that, that tend to do better, like uh, Scott Pilgrim, and um existence and uh spy kids 3d and wreck it ralph (laughs) you really had to lump spy kids 3d (laughs) 
Hey, uh, it had Stallone in it. That's a, that's a um, good movie in my book. It had Stallone playing multiple versions of himself, which <laughs> I admit was actually quite hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, I, I think, just to kind of continue on this point, I think the reason that people love these movies so much is that it's not actually based on anything. And you can create your own entire story surrounding it. A lot of people go into video game movies with all these expectations, all these expectations thinking that, you know, oh, I wonder if they're going to have this from the game, that from the game, or this other thing from the game. Like maybe they'll include it in an Easter egg or something. With movies like uh, with Scott Pilgrim and Wreck-It Ralph, they're the in- video games are the inspiration, yes, but it's not based on any- anything specific. Yeah, so they have a they have a lot more uh, freedom, you know, to uh, to come up with their story, and uh, they're not really beholden to specific things, and uh, you don't have to go through the trouble of pretending to understand the source material. <laughs> right. But exactly. yeah, um, like if. If you listeners out there saw Wreck-It Ralph, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, references to arcade games, and the same thing with uh, Scott Pilgrim. It referenced a lot of like old Nintendo games and Genesis games, so they yeah. kind of had like that that little bit of distance that helped them. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it was around this time, like around maybe 2010 or so that you saw video games themselves kind of going in the opposite direction. They now have, uh, like they now included movie style uh, budgets and scripts penned by, you know, David S. Goyer and all these like famous, uh, all these people who made you really feel like you were playing an actual movie rather than a game. Like games like Uncharted and Assassin's Creed and all that. Yeah, Mass Effect, uh, Bioshock, I mean, yeah. At this point, you know, from like mid 2000s to like early 2010s, game video game studios really stepped up their narratives. And I mean ja- uh, like Japanese RPGs and RPGs in general have always been um on another level in a narrative uh it w- with respect to their narrative. But um I think no one expected like an adventure game to have like a movie caliber script like uncharted and it was one of those games that was like really well received even by like people who don't normally play video games definitely because what it did was it borrowed aspects of a classic uh, adventure series like uh, indiana jones and a little bit of a uh, firefly as well the old uh, short-lived uh, tv show it essentially combined the two yeah for sure and uh, it, it it's also the time when developers started really taking advantage of games as a medium, which is when like, I mean, I guess it, it, it it's kind of like a basic like black and white, like multiple choice system in, in a few games. But still, uh, that's the kind of uh, narrative experience you don't really get with movies. And then there's you know, stories that are so inherent to the medium where it's like if you turn it into a movie, it 
probably turns out shitty. Like, I mean, one game I can think of is probably Shadow of the Colossus, where there's there's kind of dialogue, but it's in a made up language. And really, the the story is told when you go around the game and like fight these colossi. Right. But I don't think. Do you think they would ever try to make Shadow of the Colossus into a, a movie? I wouldn't put it past people. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The problem is nowadays is be is that video games are becoming more like movies that nobody actually wants to see when a video when a movie adaptation of a video game comes out. I mean, we just had a couple come out this past uh, this past year. Yeah, I didn't even see Assassin's Creed. Neither did I. I want to preface this by saying that Assassin's Creed is my favorite video game series ever. And when I saw the trailer, apart from the, the leap of faith that Michael Fassbender did at the end, I'm just like, uh, no, no, this is no. Yeah. Um, and also I, from what people said in reviews and uh, YouTube videos, they, they they make the mistake of focusing too much on uh, the real world of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I think that's yeah, uh, which, yeah. Which <laughs> that's not the point. The point is to focus on the past life, the life of who, like the main character's ancestor. Yeah, it, and if you think about it, um, Assassin's Creed is about a guy playing a video game. That's. It's kind of like how the animus works. It's 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 the it's the window dressing to this like narrative, and uh, it really doesn't work if if it's not interactive or if they focus too much on this like modern day intrigue with Abstergo Industries. It's uh, right, you know. It's uh, it's not really what the series is about. True. I mean, just because you have a. Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard, and Jeremy Irons doesn't mean it's going to be a, a surefire success. Yeah. And uh, same year as uh, Assassin's Creed was the Warcraft movie, which I did see and uh, fell asleep in the middle. I, I never saw that <laughs> because I knew it was going to bomb. It's, um, well... I'm not sure why they decided to adapt Warcraft from uh, 1994 instead of World of Warcraft, which is the one that uh, everyone and their mother in China is still playing. Uh huh. But, I mean, this is a fan movie. I'll give them that. But at the same time, I, I, I really don't understand why it was made. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see the... I didn't see the reasoning behind it. Um, was Blizzard like desperate for money at the time? So, or wait, who? I know Blizzard was the one that made the game, but who who actually distributed it? Uh, production companies were Legendary Pictures and uh, distributed by Universal. Oh my God, Universal, really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Universal, who right now is trying to. Conduct a, uh, a monster movie Avengers type universe. 
I hope they don't succeed. <laughs> well, I mean, based on what happened with the mummy, I don't think that's gonna be a that's gonna be a problem, right? Um, because we already saw a good version of the mummy that came out in '99. We didn't need another one. Yeah, and we already had a scary mummy movie in the '30s. Yes, I swear, if Boris Karloff. Yeah, it was Boris Karloff. If Boris Karloff saw what, uh, like, the mummy being made uh, nowadays, he's probably, like, rolling over in his grave right now. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Because that's the thing movie studios are trying to do nowadays. They want to have franchises. They want to have universes where, like, all these, you know, uh, superheroes or or monsters come together. We're seeing it at... Disney with the uh, with Marvel, at Warner Brothers with DC, and at Universal with its monster movies. Even though they've already made either great or shitty adaptations of those monster movies for years. Yeah, and I, the thing is that they could do do a monster movie universe again, but the one thing that confuses me is why they are turning it into a superhero franchise instead of a horror franchise. Exactly. Exactly. I guess everybody's trying to copy Disney. Yeah, everyone's trying to get that Marvel money. That's right. And speaking of Disney, Disney actually has the highest grossing... uh, video game a movie adaptation of all time with the prince of persia actually i think warcraft beat that out because of the china money but yes oh, but, oh you're right you're right you're right i apologize for that but disney did have the previous one with prince of persia yes starring uh jake gyllenhaal <laughs> because As... because you can't find persian people in la no 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 i mean of course not yeah, it's only like what, like 15, 20% Persian out in LA? Yeah. Um, it, it's not like, uh, you know, West LA is, you know, bereft of Iranian people. <laughs> right. It's like when I first saw it, I'm, you know, I, I didn't actually see it. I saw clips of it. I'm just like, what? Like, what are they trying to do? With you, Jake Gyllenhaal, they obviously put you in a, they obviously put him in a shitty wig, and they tanned him. Or maybe that's just like the, that was like the sepia filter on the camera, but it looked like they tanned him to make him look Middle Eastern. They did, which, um, no one was fooled by that. Uh, no. And, and of course, to appeal to, to people, they had Ben Kingsley in it. Which, uh, you know, um, you know he was the villain from from a mile away. Of course. I can't remember the last time he played like some form of a good guy. Maybe it was searching for Bobby Fischer. I don't know. Um, he played Gandhi, right? He did play Gandhi, yes. That's, uh, I don't know. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's the last time he was a good guy. <laughs> Look, give credit to him. He, he actually is of a 
of Indian descent. Yeah. So he was perfect for the role. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not like uh, Sir it's Alec like, Guinness. <laughs> or it's not like uh, uh, Christopher Lee playing uh, Pakistan's uh, founder, uh, Jinnah. Oh, man, I forgot about that. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry, folks. We'll have a whole episode dedicated to uh, whitewashing in the future. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my bailiwick. Yeah, absolutely. But going going back to like the video game adaptations, I feel like the the question we can, I guess, leap not really end with, but kind of like build upon like towards the future is: is it possible to make a successful movie adaptation of a video game? And if it is, which one do you think it should be? I mean, there was there were rumors in um, I think mid two thousands when uh, I think before Halo three came out that Peter Jackson was somehow going to be involved with making a Halo movie. Uh huh. I feel like a Halo movie could work, but since uh, the Halo uh, universe is it's pretty rich in story and it's not really dependent on player choice uh, a lot of the times, but I don't know. I think fundamentally it, it, something gets lost in, in, in making a movie from a video game. Yeah. I feel like you need to have a lot more communication between the, the movie studio and the video game uh, developers in order to create, there's going to be a lot of back and forth, obviously. And unfortunately there are a lot of egos involved. I've heard from, I've heard from a source that uh, the guy who uh, developed uh, Assassin's Creed, the head of uh, Ubisoft is a complete and total asshole. Yeah. um, That, that is entirely in the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. And so do you think we'll see like another, like another, uh, movie kind of like, a like, like a Scott Pilgrim or a Wreck-It Ralph where, you know, video games are the, uh, the theme, but they're not really like the main story kind of thing. Like maybe we'll see a movie about like, a I oh, like maybe like a story of like an, like an autistic kid who can like communicate only through through video games or something like that. Well, um, for a certain measure, I mean, I guess Ready Player One coming out is heavily inspired by video games, right? Which I'm I'm dying to see. I can't yeah. wait. Spielberg's on that one, right? He directed it. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Yes, because I read the book five times and. Let's just say I'm going into a lot of I'm going into this with a lot of expectations. Yeah, um, but also on the on the horizon, um, there is a, another uh, Tomb Raider movie coming out. There's that's right. There's a uh, Rampage, which we talked about last episode. That's right. Apparently, Minecraft movie is in the works, and um, I don't know how that's uh, gonna work. Uh, from what I understand, Minecraft is 
it's basically a video game version of Legos. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, I like the Lego movie, but that wasn't really about, well, I guess it is about Legos, but it was, I don't know. I liked it. Well, at, least, at least there was a, like a genuine story behind the yeah. Lego movie. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Oh, and apparently a Sonic film might come out. Oh, God. R- really? Really? A Sonic film? Yeah. Um, man. Just, just, why? Sega, just, just stop. Just, and, just, and stop making Sonic games. <laughs> yes, please. Because I'm, go- I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm seeing... Like these trailers everywhere I go for like the newest Sonic game that's coming out. It's like enough, enough already. Like stop beating, a, stop beating a dead horse or a dead hedgehog, if you will. I think every Sonic game since probably since Sonic Three, which came out on the Genesis in the nineties, has been some form of like steaming dog turd or other. Yes, and we can't forget about the uh, the infamous uh, Sonic 06 on the uh, uh, yeah the Xbox 360, which oh my god that movie that no sorry wow I called it a movie <laughs> <laughs> I called it a movie wow that game was such a steaming pile of shit and yet it somehow made money. Who knows, man. Um, I guess the the Sonic fans were about it. Although that's probably a gross mischaracterization of Sonic fans. I'm sure they thought it was a steaming pile of shit too. Uh, Sonic fans, like hardcore diehard Sonic fans, are nuts. Like they they do like Sonic uh, fan fiction in their spare time. Oh, I, have you ever heard of Sonichu? Yes. Chris Chan? Yes. Oh, God. (laughs) That is not uh, movie-related, but, man, I... That's that's an important part of early internet. Yes. That is is internet history right there. God. Um, Fuck. (laughs) I... um, That was from, like, a... That that was like from a much meaner and like darker internet, in my opinion. That's when, that's when it was okay to like use racial slurs and like bully people online without any consequences. You mean like the like the early days of the internet, like the mid to late nineties? Like uh, no, like uh, the message board era, like the two thousands. Oh. oh God. Yeah, that's what that's when like 4chan kind of like got its start. <laughs> oh my that's, god. That's uh that's when I grew up, folks. That's that's why my brain is broken. Yep. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> uh so anyway, um one more thing about video game movies that I want to talk about, and it's this infamous German director, Uwe Boll. Yes, yes, 
<laughs> and I can't believe we talked about video game movies this long without mentioning him because he oh. is a piece of work. Oh my god. Uwe Boll essentially all he does is make movie adaptations of video games and he takes advantage of a German taxes. He takes advantage of all these loopholes in German taxes where um, if the film either makes money or doesn't make money, he still gets a, a tax write-off and makes a shit ton of money off it. Yeah, which, uh, thanks to his movies, was finally changed by uh, German lawmakers. But, yes. um, yeah, um, he... Uh, he made a lot of stinkers. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm just going to list them off. Uh, House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark, Blood Rain, uh, Dungeon Siege, which for whatever reason he decided to call it In the Name of the King, uh, Postal, uh, Far Cry, and yeah, some sequels along the way as well. That's right. And... If he doesn't like what a critic says about him, he challenges them to a boxing match. Yeah, uh, he he literally he's he's one of those like what I call like extremely online guys who are just like you know <laughs> talking shit on the internet and like they they, they they call out their critics and like oh come here you bitch like oh we'll fucking we'll fucking fight for it. And uh, it's one of those guys that are like, oh, hold me back, hold me back uh, when they get into a fight. But, yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> He's actually fought some of these critics before and yeah. has kicked their ass. Although I think he finally. Uh, he finally gave up when uh, Sean Baby uh, stepped up to the plate. And uh, for those of you who don't know Sean Baby, he was a. Uh, he was, I think he was on one of the video game magazines, and um, I think he still writes for Cracked. But uh, Sean Baby is a weird combination of a jock and a nerd before it was really a thing. And uh, yeah, he, he, he does uh, mixed martial arts. He trains Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and uh, he kind of, uh, Uvi Bull kind of uh, bitched out. Uh, when he found out someone that can actually fight was willing to fight him. Yeah, kind of. Kind of bitched out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he also uh, declined to fight like another person uh, who also knew how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, but God bless you, Uwe Boll. You keep making movies and we still keep watching them and making fun of them. Yeah, um... I just want to talk about one movie in particular, uh, Alone in the Dark, which probably has the best score on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, and I believe it's exactly 1%. Yep. And, That's right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it stars uh, Terry Reed as an archaeologist and museum curator. And the one and only Christian Slater as the protagonist Edward Carnby. Who is uh, Christian Slater at his at his most? Uh, fuck it, I'll get I'll I'll use I'll get this paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Whew. Uh, 
Yeah, so that's Uvi Bowl. And uh, for sure, I, I can't even recommend watching any of these movies because you'll feel like you, you've transgressed some sort of some sort of like universal law and you just feel dirty yeah you watch it and you say to yourself wow that's two hours i'm never gonna get back again and like and it'll make you take at least five showers because it will make you feel dirty all over I don't think he's made a video game movie recently. I might, I may be wrong, but yeah, I know he's still making movies somehow. But yes, oh boy. Um, so yeah, video game movies, folks, not not good. And, not uh, good at all. I uh, speaking of things on the horizon, I I do wonder what this rampage movie is gonna be like. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, it does have a uh, Dwayne Johnson in it, so at yes. least it'll be something entertaining. Um, the Rock, in one of his uh, several dozen movies, he's filming uh, at any given point. <laughs> man, the man makes makes like five to six films a year. Yeah, and he's still on like Ballers too. So that's right. If you haven't seen Ballers yet, check it out. It's a great show. It's great. Uh, season three is uh, it's pretty good so far. I'm liking season three. Hell yeah. Um, he's, he's fucking uh, Sarinda Swan in this one. And that's uh, <laughs> to quote a good friend Roger Ebert. Two thumbs up. That's right. To quote, an, <laughs> to quote a, another good friend, Gene Siskel. Also two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> We're, uh, we're the new uh, Siskel and Ebert. We're the new uh, Siskel and Ebert, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, take with that what you will. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's with more with more swearing and uh, sexual pathologies. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, uh, I don't know. This uh, Tomb Raider movie... It it's based on the 2013 uh, Tomb Raider, which uh, I I did enjoy, and uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider I also enjoyed. So um, who knows? And Alicia Vikander's in it. So that's um, right. Oh, what so, the hell? Walton Goggins is gonna be in it. What? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, because because he needs the work apparently. Because Boyd Crowder needs work. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Lord. Look, yeah. uh, I'll definitely go see it. Because I love Alicia Vikander. And I literally think she's following the same path that uh, Angelina Jolie is on. Because Angelina Jolie also took Tomb Raider right after she won an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, we'll see what happens. And, That's right. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think this week we'll close with the Mortal Kombat theme because there's always a need for Mortal Kombat, and uh, I'm sure everyone out there was glad we didn't talk about Pixels. Um, <laughs> Fuck that movie. Fuck, fuck Adam Sandler. He's fuck Adam Sandler. I don't know what the fuck happened to him, but he's just uh, 
Jesus Christ. Maybe we'll do an Adam Sandler uh, episode. Yes. And uh, we'll yeah. try to pin out, pinpoint uh, re- exactly where he went wrong. Mm-hmm. <sighs> exactly. <sighs> I also feel bad for uh, Peter Dinklage because he's in that movie. Yeah. Um, I feel bad. I feel bad for Sean Bean. He was in that movie. Sean Bean. Uh, did he die? No. Wow. No, they they can't even get that right. He didn't die, but if you actually look at his face, it looks like he's dead inside. In that movie, in that movie, not in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was also dead inside in uh, Jupiter Ascending. Oh, Lord. He was in that, too. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, the Wachowskis um, also lost the plot. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, don't don't go see that film, folks. It's not worth your time. Actually, uh, at, at Atlas, uh, Cloud Atlas. Did you like it? Did you not? I never saw it. To be honest, I thought I thought it was okay. It was. I mean, obviously the novel's better, but for what it is, I thought. I thought it was pretty good. Um, All right. It's it's not uh, Matrix One level, of course, but uh, then again, I don't think the Wachowskis have uh, have really done anything since Matrix One that are. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I like that V for Vendetta. I like V for Vendetta when that came out. Yeah, but I also think uh, V for Vendetta kind of uh, came out at the at the right time. Yeah, and uh, Natalie Portman's in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Hugo Weaving's in it. Yes, Hugo Weaving, who uh, who does a good performance uh, behind a mask. He does behind the Guy Fox mask. Yeah, which. Um, Tying it back to the internet, because, of course, um, that movie was also responsible for uh, the adoption of the Guy Fox mask as the face of Anonymous. That's right. And uh, every every dipshit that thinks he's a revolutionary... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we got a we got we got an uncut episode uh, this yeah. week. So uh, yeah, um, we'll be back uh, sometime soon. Uh, for the listeners out there, um, I'm gonna be going to Australia, and uh, hopefully I can uh, can set up and record. But um, and uh, I'll still be here, so. Uh... I'll still be in New York, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, this has been another episode of questions like this, and uh, my name's Aristo, and I'm Alex, and here is the Mortal Kombat theme. Uh, catch you guys later. Thanks for listening. Yeah.